Voyage of the Page Turner, Episode 12, War with the Evil Power Master. Alright my lovely, uh, hello, welcome to Voyage of the Page Turner, the choose your own page turning podcast with me, comedian Colin Lego, and I went all Cornish at the start of the episode there, <laughs> why not, why not, the other day was St. Piran's Day after all, or oh, the National Saint of Cornwall, and uh, the other day was National Cornwall Day, to put it another way, so Kerno uh, Bisviken to anyone who is Cornish and is listening, and hello, if you're not Cornish, you if, if you're not Cornish and you've never been been to Cornwall or you should visit or it's a lovely old place we've got sea we've got sand we've got seagulls but no it's a tremendous place although I am a little bit biased about that anyway welcome to episode 12 of voyage of the page turner oh a full dozen of podcasts now that is a huge amount oh I've got more episodes than I've had hugs this year off strangers which is sadly true because of lockdown (laughs) but anyway this uh, podcast has kept us going hasn't it it's kept me going i know that anyway because the other day was st piran's day i thought the way to celebrate that was to get an old cornish friend onto my podcast this week to be my special voyaging guest and so i've gone right back oh yeah i've known my guest ever since i was 11 and so i'm sure he knows more about me than most people that i've had on the show and so let's just get into it let's get into it this book War with the Evil Power Master, book number 12, is the last book by R.A. Montgomery before we go on to other writers. So I know R.A. Montgomery comes back and he's done many, many more books. But after this, we're having a break from R.A. Montgomery and going on to some other writers in the Choose Your Own Adventure series. So that's exciting. And the book also sees a returning character for the first time, the Evil Power Master, who we met in book 10, Prisoner of the Ant People. Well, we, we were supposed to meet him in book 10. He never actually made an appearance because my voyager ant didn't actually get to meet him he got caught by ants in anthill and then that was it really so we didn't meet him in book 10 but now he's got his own book and war with the evil power master hopefully means that we'll actually meet the evil power master (laughs) so uh, here we go let's find out how simon does and how much we talk about when we were kids as we go into this book 12 of voyage of the page turner Simon Grant is a former children's TV presenter, working alongside Fern Cotton on the legendary Saturday show. After many successful years as a presenter and performer, Simon has now entered the world of producing and directs many successful TV shows such as Come Dine With Me and Four in a Bed. Simon clearly has an eye for making entertaining and solid television, but can he make solid decisions today in order to defeat the evil power master? Be careful, Simon. Come dine with me. Could become come die with me. Mr. Simon Grant, how the devil are you? I am well, thank you very much, Mr. Colin Lego. How's it going? We're being very formal with our full names today. I know. Right. Colin Lego? What do you want to be called? I want to be called by my full name, which is Colin Mark Lego, which the only person that called me Colin Mark Lego was my gran whenever I was being told off. Oh. Yeah. Well, I shan't be calling you that today, unless you're naughty. <laughs> well, who knows? Who knows? This is a, a multiple choice adventure book. Is Colin naughty <laughs> or nice? You choose. Um, <laughs> Simon, it's very exciting to have you on the podcast because, for the first time, you are actually somebody who has a connection, really, to my childhood. I mean, we I was aware of you 
when we first started uh, secondary school back in Falmouth. And I know we didn't get to really work together properly until we were in sixth form, but I remember, you know, I remember there was a Simon Grant in my peripheral knowledge when we were 11. Well, I know we've always been around each other in that respect. We've known each other along the ways, but it wasn't really until we started getting into school plays and sick form that we kind of got to know each other properly. And then mm. it all took off from there, didn't it? Do you remember The Roses of Eam? <laughs> yes, me and Simon were in a play called The Roses of Eam, which was a very jolly play um, about the plague. <laughs> Fabulous. But you did very well. You were the star of the show, weren't you? I was... Uh, well, look, I had the most lines. <laughs> <laughs> you did very, very well. And you had a wonderful bowl haircut, if I remember correctly as oh, well. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, I had to grow, grow my hair so it looked something, uh, you know, looking like it was from 1666. And it was just awful. Well, at least you committed. I did. I did, yeah. Uh, you played a, an, an old man, I seem to remember in that. I did. Um, I can't remember his name. Was it Merrill or something like that? And I had to put on a very affected old man's accent as well. So imagine like a, what, how old were we? Were we 16? Yeah. 16, I, I think, yeah. I'm going to channel my inner Merrill now. Hello there, how are you? <laughs> something like that. Imagine watching <laughs> that in the audience as an adult. What a prick. Yeah, your mum in the audience going, I'm so proud. Taking you home instead of me. <laughs> Again. Um. Again. <laughs> Call it Mark Lego. <laughs> well, look, did you well? Because you've gone on and you've done lots of lovely acting and telly work. So maybe Merrill was the key to become you becoming a, a, a successful performer. He was my springboard into being minorly shit at my job, but I'm still <laughs> bluffing through it. I remember some adventures we had when uh, when we were uh, 16, 17, which is what this podcast is about, you know, the things that entertained us back then. I know we're talking 90s, but still. Uh, one in particular, um, I thought about this the other day because episode six of the podcast, which was House of Danger, involved some ghost hunting. And there was a point where we must have been 17 or 18 because you were driving your car at the time. And we, me and you had been somewhere one evening Obviously not too much heavy drinking because you were driving. I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say. We were driving down a country lane to my house, which was, as um, anyone who knows me personally, my, my family house is in the middle of the countryside, right by a church and a graveyard, which is almost like six, seven hundred years old. We were driving down the country lane, me and you, just me and you. And suddenly we turned and looked at each other and then looked in the back seat because both of us felt and saw something or someone in that back seat of your car. Do you remember that? I remember that very, very... It's my same story. I say this all the time. It's the only time I've ever felt some sort of ghostly presence. So we're driving down the road, parked outside your house, chat, 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 chat. And exactly as you said, we both looked at each other, chat ourselves, looked in the back. You opened the door, didn't even close it, ran away. And I just went, ah, screaming down the road in the car, you know, back wheel. Turning around, creating plumes of smoke. It, it was very odd. I can't, I can't, because we, we both felt it and saw it, or what, whatever it was, which I can't describe it. It was scary. It was, it was a scary feeling. <sighs> the other thing I, was, I like to talk to about, about to my guests, um, because I didn't know you when you were at primary school in the right age for these books, when you were going on an adventure down to Kimberley Park in Falmouth or up to Budot Woods or whatever you were doing. Uh, what what was your snackage of choice? What were you munching on, if anything? Ooh, well, um, I 
adore them now as I did then, a scampi fry. Oh, that was a, a direction I did not think we would go in. Really? What's wrong with a fishy pillow? Isn't that your Las Vegas stage name? Yeah, it's my drag name. <laughs> and now here she is, it's Miss Fishy Pillow! <laughs> your favourite salty snack. Scampi fries. Can you just, for the listener who is not aware of a scampi fry, just describe that to us for a second. Well, a scampi fry, as I said, it is like a pillow, a crispy pillow, which tastes of fish, and it's really salty and vinegary, and you either like it or you hate it, but I happen to love them, and you usually buy them in pubs, but now you can buy them in the pound shop. Oh, wow. Demoted. <laughs> I've hunted them down. I did buy a lot off eBay. Really? Yeah, so we've either got scampi fries, I like a blackjack. Oh yes, nice, nice. Or maybe a skip, packet of skips. You love your fishy uh, snacks, don't <laughs> I you? I do, I do. <laughs> or if we're going down the biscuit route, um, a trio. Oh, I want. Yeah, I remember the advert now. There was a small cartoon girl shouting at everyone. Do you remember that advert for trios? Trio! <laughs> trio! trio. Yeah, yeah. I want a trio and I want one now. The reason it was called a trio, it was exactly the same as a club biscuit, but it was almost in three sections. That was their uh, that was their unique selling point. Well, I like the club as well. I quite like a coffee club. Oh, no, I don't know about a coffee club. I would be okay with an orange or a mint or a plain, but not coffee. And I... No. Did you try the, the fruit one? And it was like really soft biscuits. Oh. It tasted like it'd gone off. Again, not a good selling point. A, a, a fruit... Club biscuit. Google it. It's true. I remember them. They were lovely. Well, I'm not going to say lovely, but wow. If anyone remembers a fruit club biscuit, do let me know. I mean, sometimes listeners get in touch and say, "Oh yeah, I remember that. I remember that." I dare anyone to say, "I remember a fruit club biscuit." Are you talking like bits of fruit? Yeah, like a like a Garibaldi covered in chocolate. Oh, I don't. Come on, come on, listeners, get in touch. Jesus. <laughs> Let's get back on track. Uh, so this, these series of books, these choose-your-own uh, adventure, multiple-choice books, were you aware of them when you were 8, 9, 10, or, um, or any, any time? Because they're still going now. Well, yes, yeah, definitely. I do remember them. I did give them a go. Um, there was another series later on called Fighting Fantasy Books, and I mm. definitely took part in them. But these ones, um, they were a little bit too... I was a bit too young. I mean, I did grow up in the 80s, but I think the 90s was more my sort of time. Although the 80s, we were alive. I think I was a mere sperm in the 80s. And I became a fetus in the 90s. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I will go back and read them, for sure. There's nothing else to do in lockdown, is there? Well, absolutely. This is how I've discovered them. They kind of popped up in my uh, Amazon uh, feed. And I was like, oh, yeah, I kind of remember those. So this whole sort of making choices and... Um, not reading the book in the right order. You're sort of aware of that as a concept. Oh, gosh, yes, absolutely. Mm. How are you at making choices in life, in your own life? Um, ooh, ee. Um, see, I can't even make a choice now. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm all right. Yeah, I, can, I have made some terrible choices, but I made some good choices as well. So let's wait and see what I can do with this. Mm. I think that I think that as you'll know if you've listened or regular listeners will know don't always take the easy route because sometimes the easy route can end up with you have taken the easy route you are dead <laughs> so, oh. uh, so have some fun with it um, and this book we're on book 12 uh, which is War with the Evil Power Master 
the evil power master is a character that is returning from book 10 which was called prisoner of the ant people and in prisoner of the ant people the evil power master was trying to take over the world and uh there was ants involved <laughs> but um this is almost like a sequel okay cool so i need to do this book proud then how did the who, who was the the venture on that show well, because, uh, because I mean, this show is not just thrown together, uh, Prisoner of the Ant People, my guest was someone called Ant. <laughs> Very good. That's why you earned the big bucks, Colin. <laughs> it was very confusing because I would be talking to Ant, uh, telling him, you know, what the choices are, and then the choices would be like, OK, Ant, and I'd, he'd be like, are you talking to me? I'm like, no, I'm reading from the book now. So that was quite, <laughs> <laughs> quite confusing. Um but I can't say I won't say how he did in case people haven't heard the episode. But the evil power master um, didn't really feature that much. So now he has his own book. So let's see how you do. Are you ready to be the Voyager, Simon? I certainly am. All right, let's get into it. Book twelve in this voyage of the Page Turner. The evil power master is back. A communication has just come in that the planets Haymog and Aruth have been destroyed. This time he used his highly focused laser. Next time it could be a shower of missiles or a payoff to some corrupt official. Once he has started, the evil Power Master won't stop. That is until he runs into you and your trusty Martian mate, Flipto. Can you stop the evil Power Master? The fate of everything is in your hands. Simon, Flupto and you have got to save the world. How do you feel? A bit of bit of um, pressure on your shoulders. Well, I mean, I'm, I've known Flupto for a long time and he, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. So yeah. um, I think Flupto and I have got the ability to save the world, especially from uh, an extreme laser. So we're fine. I'm, I'm up for this, aren't you, Flipto? He's, he's fine. He's, he's up for it. As we know from the previous book, uh, Prisoner of the Ant People, Pr- Flipto was described, and he might be described again. He is—he looks more human than other aliens, but he is still quite tall and alien-looking, but can speak English. So that's helpful. <laughs> yes, because it would have been because I don't speak. Where's he from? Mars. I don't speak Martian, you see. Yeah. So uh, I'm mm-hmm. glad he's got some sort of translator thing going on. Clever boy. <laughs> Clever boy. Okay, Simon, let's get into it. The evil power master is back, Flupdo. You shout angrily to your Martian friend. He's at it again. <laughs> Here's Flupdo. Calm down. Calm down, <laughs> Commander. <laughs> now tell me what's happening slowly, Flupdo says in his even tone. Getting up from your desk, you hand Flupdo a copy of the message that has just come in from the remote sector of a vast Lacunian system. The news is grim. Suddenly. Total destruction of planets Amorga and Aruth. Sector 31, 47, 89. Evil Power Master claims responsibility. I mean, that's a that's a heavy message to get first thing in the morning, isn't it? There's a lot of information there. Crikey, but yeah, I've picked, picked up on it. What do I do? My goodness. It's a lot of responsibility as well, like you say. And even more so, because it goes on to say, you are the primary unit commander of the Lacunian System Rapid Force, a position of enormous responsibility for a person of your age. Yeah, eight. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even understand half of these words at the age of 42, let alone eight. <laughs> oh, I mean, so much responsibility. Okay, a natural leader, you earned your rank through hard work, courage and skill. 
Your colleague and teammate is Flipto, a Martian of great abilities. Together, you must protect the system from attack by renegade planets and forces. Okay. So we go on. There's another page of stuff before we get to your first decision, Simon. Sorry. <laughs> so I'm enjoying this. The Lacunian system is composed of several galaxies and thousands of planets. It is the most successful experiment in civilization for both life forms and artificial intelligence. A price has been paid for this freedom. It has provoked the anger and envy of those planets denied membership in the system. Some, it's a bit like the EU. <laughs> <laughs> we want to get out. I'm not gonna bother with this. We're gonna get out. <laughs> some people want to be in, some are out. It's just it's Brexit all over again. <laughs> some were rejected because they were dying civilizations, failed experiments in life. Still, other planets were excluded because the Lacunian Congress felt they had greater potential for evil than for good. Mm. These evil planets have banded together under the leadership of a negative life force who calls himself the Evil Power Master. Uh, they are the renegades against whom you and Flupdo struggle. They are dedicated to the destruction of the Lacunian system. Flupdo looks up from his message in his hand. The Martian's usual self-control is replaced by anger. He crumples the paper in his fist. Did you expect anything else, Commander? We both knew the evil Power Master would be back. We are sadly familiar with his magical powers, or what some call magical powers. Here, one minute. There the next. A beam of destructive light today, a cloud of poison gas tomorrow. I mean, this evil power master, he sounds like an absolute douchebag. Well, he means business, especially if he called himself the evil power master. Do you know what I mean? He's probably called Robert or something like that in, in real life. But I am the evil power master, slash Robert. Robert, come down from your room and have your tea. No, <laughs> mother, I'm the evil power master. <laughs> I want to come down and get some scampy fries. <laughs> Shall we call him Robert from now on? Shall we? Robert the Fishy Pillow. <laughs> the Fishy Power Pillow Master. And also, I do like your impression of... It's a bit C-3PO. Yeah, well, he was a, he was a robot than a Martian, but thanks, I'll take that as a compliment. Pleasure, pleasure. Yeah. Hmm. If I was doing R2-D2, that would just sound like a... I don't know, some budgie in a dustbin or something, wouldn't it? It's just squeaks <laughs> and whistles. Go for it, let's, let's hear it. Okay, fine. Um, you're right, Flipto. I hoped we had destroyed him in the Purple Days War, which took so many lives in such a short time. I had hoped, Flipto. I did too. Flipto nods in agreement and speaks again. Well, Commander, don't be hard on yourself. You did the best. Right now, he is back in full force, seeking revenge from the renegade planets we've destroyed. His power must be strong again, or he would never have attacked. What form he will take this time remains to be seen. But what should we do, Flipto? We can't just sit and wait. We could go straight to Sector 314789 and check it out, but that means calling in a space vehicle from patrol. Or we could call in all the unit commanders and meet with the Lacunian Congress to plan for defence. Now, Simon, here is your first choice. Well, firstly, it's very wordy for, for an eight-year-old. I've got the intention span of a gnat, and I zoned out halfway through that. <laughs> so uh, I would have put the book down and run away. I would have out on my bike. By now, you're on your bike eating fishy pillows. Um, <laughs> well, just to recap for anyone who has dozed off, um, so uh, the evil Power Master is attacking, and you've now got to decide whether you're going to go to 
the planet where he is apparently attacked, which is Sector 314789. You could go there straight away. Or you could decide to call in the unit commanders for a meeting with the Congress about defence and attack. So what are you going to do? Straight there or have a meeting? Oh, this is a toughie because I think my adult self, I'd probably go to see the commander because, you know, I'm trying to delay it. I don't like conflict. Yeah, speak to the commanders, have a meeting with the Congress about your defence and your attack options. Oh, Christ, that's boring. Let's go straight to the planet. Love it. Love it. I mean, before we go there, let me just say that uh, Simon is in charge here. And Simon, if your choices, uh, you can live or die by these choices. So this, this might be a short episode or it might be a long episode. Let's find out. Let's go out there and have a look, Flupto. We'll see what he's been up to or at least get some clues as to what he might do next. Flupto nods, but before you can leave, it is essential to inform headquarters of your intention. Your destination is a remote sector of the galaxy, closest to the edge of the Void of Nero, a void so large that travel in the zone can be perilous. Uh Uh-oh, Simon. Oh no. (laughs) I think you're okay for now, but uh uh-oh. The last time you were there, you barely got out. Flupdo communicates with headquarters. His rapid and logical Martian mind lets him convey the message quickly. Ready, Flupdo? Of course, he responds. You and Flupdo move to the tr- uh, teletransportator. No, that's not what it says. <laughs> the teletransportator? <laughs> the, tele- <laughs> the teletransportator. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what it is. There's something else. Uh... Okay, you and Flupdo move to the teletransporter for immediate miniaturisation and through speed travel. 27 minutes later, you begin to rematerialise aboard the spaceship. The ship's commander is Sartan, a highly respected combat leader and orbit station commander. She is waiting by the transporter to welcome you. Hello, Sartan, you say as you reassemble completely. My body needs some minor adjustments. The parts don't seem to fit together. Okay. Welcome, Commander. Perhaps one of your crew can help. No thanks. You wiggle about a bit. There it is. I've got it now. Good. Well, that's just weird. <laughs> your <laughs> so body's I turned st- up, and my body's not quite there. So I'm missing a shoulder, an eyeball, maybe a kneecap, maybe a leg. <laughs> and uh, so I'm just kind of like flipping about, saying, hi. Just wiggle- wiggling. Wiggle about wiggling. <laughs> and then, poof, I'm all together. As someone who has a leg that can be taken on and off, just wiggling does not sort out the fit sometimes. You need some more than just wiggling. You follow Flupdo and Sartan into the command room, where the three-dimensional model of the galactic sector is displayed by laser. Sartan points to the model of the sector. So, here you see it, or rather you don't see it. Hey Morgan Aruth, their destruction was complete. All that remained in their place was a murmur of anguish, which we picked up on the sound recorder. Sartan keys the recorder, and a haunting sound fills the room. As you stare thoughtfully at the map, an idea pops into your head. What about light? Did you pick up any light? Of course, Commander. One trail of light seems to lead towards the void. Another one heads towards the the planet Fulop. You look up at Flupto. This is very confusing. You've got someone called Flupto. You've got someone called Flupto, and you've gone to a you've gone to a planet called Flip Flop. Flop. (laughs) Fulop. Fulop. 
run by a, a, a commander called Philip. <laughs> I just made that up. But I'm, I'm just waiting for it to happen, but it will. Oh, no. Okay. You're um, on an hard time, aren't you, Colin? This is really I... hard. It's a hard read, this one, isn't it? This one's really hard because the, the words aren't actual words. Thanks, <laughs> R.A. Montgomery. Um, you look up at Flupto, who has followed your train of thought. He has already planned the routes the two of you can take. Route one leads to Fulop. Route two to the void of Nero. You and Flupto confer quickly and decide on your destination. Sartan offers to supply you with equipment, a vehicle and a droid or two to assist you on your mission. In minutes you are ready to depart. Simon, here is your choices. You could choose to go to the void of Nero, which sounds like a coffee shop, or you could choose to go to Flupto, so we know that the Void of Nero is very dangerous, and we know that the planet Flupto, we don't know much about it, but where are you going to head? Well, ooh, again, it's a toughie, because, um, well, the Void of Nero sounds like it's saying avoid Nero, and Nero wasn't a particularly nice man, was he? No. So I might not go there, and just for my own entertainment rather than my life, um, I quite like to go to the planet, because... It's called what? Fulop. And my best mate is called what? F- Flupto. So that is the reason why I'm going, just to hear you <laughs> say those names. <laughs> and yeah, like you said, Philip's going to put on a flip-flop at some point. <laughs> ah, oh, gosh. Okay, well, l- luckily I haven't had to do any offensive accents so far, So, but there's still time. The planet Fulop is part of the star system of unique configuration. Triple moons and a giant sun occupy a remote galactic space. Life forms on Fulop are non-humanoid. They are considered dangerous to explorers. Uh Uh-oh, Simon. (laughs) So we now know that Fulop has dangerous uh, life beings. Can I go back to Nero, please? Can I have a flat white? No! Can I have a flapjack? With Philip. With Philip. None of this flip-flop nonsense. Oh, no. Okay, space literature abounds with reports of crews that never returned from the planet or survivors who were badly mauled. Recently, a humanoid colony was established on Fulop, which is ideally situated for special types of agricultural study. Oh, my gosh, Simon. I'm not making this up. The next line is, Your cousin Colin... <laughs> Colin, please. I'm in one of these books, I. Si. I'm in it was the book. written in the stars. Written in the stars. Oh, your cousin Colin, who is a handsome Cornishman. Made that up. Made that up. Uh, your cousin Colin is part of the Fulop Agricultural Research Team. Yeah. The journey from Fulop is a harrowing hyperspace trip. After hours of dodging asteroids and comets, you are in orbit, preparing for a landing. But intense solar flare eruptions have knocked out contact with Fulop. All methods of communication have been disrupted. Fulop... No, Flupto... Flippin' egg. Flupto has been doing his best. Up until now, the results have been negative. Wait a minute, Commander. I'm getting something. What is it, Flupto? An SOS? It's coming from a minor orbiting planet of, of Fulop. It's off our flight plan. If we answer it, we delay our landing on Fulop. What do we do? So, Simon, what do you do? 
You could answer the SOS call from another planet, or you could decide to proceed with the landing on Fulop and follow the light track and deal with the SOS later. Ooh. Well, as we're nice people, you know, we're in space, we've got to kind of deal with SOSs, and I'm only doing that in a selfish way because I do not want to get mauled by Colin. Thank you! <laughs> no, 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 you're not going to get mauled by Colin. Colin sounds like a lovely gardener doing his agricultural studies. Oh, yeah, no, you're right. Um, well, he can wait. But, but, well, 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 yeah, do you... Colin, what do I do? Well, listen. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna uh, say which way you should go. Uh, but if we don't meet Colin later, well, eight-year-olds don't care about SOS, do they? Really? They want to get straight into it. They can save their own souls. Right. Let's get down on that planet. Let's follow the lights. All right. We'll do that because um, there's a chance we might meet Colin, <laughs> and this is yeah. just a selfish reason, really. The primary mission is our primary mission. You say, but Commander. It, it's the code of space to answer an SOS. I know, Flipto, but I'm overriding tradition or laws in this one instance. Wow, Simon, you are taking the bull by the horns. Well, you know, I mean, that SOS call's probably been going out for thousands of years. By the time I get there, they'll probably be dead anyway. So let's just do this. Do you not worry about the HR mess you're going to be having when you get back to your, to your command base? What a hoot. I'll deal with that when I get back. <laughs> I've had many an HR against me, so I don't mind. I'm used to it. Fair. You, you and Flipto, there was that sexual harassment case, wasn't there? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. We can't talk about that. <laughs> but it happened. Okay. Um, our mission is more important, much more important than one crew in trouble. We must save millions of lives. The evil power master threatens planets all over the universe. It is your choice, Commander, and your responsibility. Please make a recording of my formal objection to your decision. You see, Flupto's covering his back. He is, and I think from a moral stance, this is I'm, do I'm doing the wrong thing. These books have to teach kids something, don't they? So technically, we should have gone to save these crew, but because I've gone down a selfish route, and I want to meet Colin, um, I have a feeling this is going to be the end. But let's find out. Mm, yeah, okay. I mean, yeah, but Flupto is like, I, I let me. My objection has been recorded. Yeah. Okay. You little snitch. <laughs> brown nose. Um, <laughs> he's just got a brown nose. He's a Martian. Okay. As you wish, Flupto. But I won't change my mind. We won't ignore them. But our first and most important mission is to track down the evil power master. We might be on a wild goose chase, searching for a light track leading to Fulop. But I stick to my decision. Flupto nods. You see the look of concern on his face, though, but you are convinced that you are right. The space vehicle is in position over Fulop, and you give the order to descend to the planet's surface. Slowly, the ship moves into Fulop's atmosphere. Outside, there is a usual glow of red from the reaction friction. Then, with a soft bounce, the ship is down. Successful landing, at least, Simon. Thanks, thanks, thanks. And what was that quote? Red from reaction friction? Yeah, uh, the usual glow from the red reaction friction. Sounds like a night out in Soho, really, doesn't it? <laughs> Bit of red reaction friction? Definitely. Get some Savlon, you'll be fine. <laughs> Less of a soft landing, I would imagine. <laughs> At least we've landed. <laughs> we've landed. And we're going to meet Colin. And we're going to meet yeah. Colin, just like a night out in Soho. Okay. Wow, 
Flupdo, look at that. Outside the thick protective portals, you glimpse what must once have been a thriving, industrious and elegant space colony. The city, or what's left of it, smoulders in a bright light of the system's suns. No life forms are in evidence. So this sounds pretty horrible as a planet. It's full of death and destruction. I know, but at least we're here. Bring some life to it. Bring some show. <laughs> you could have put on a performance for them. Yeah, yeah. I'll get my old man out. There we are. No, not me old man, but me old man from Rosie <laughs> Beam. I'll get me old man out as well. <laughs> with, with its red friction. Okay. <laughs> from the looks of this, we are too late to help you say. Commander... This is not the trademark of the evil power master. This is conventional destruction. This is everyday, war-torn mess. Looks more like the work of Narus or the equal vicious enemies of Budun's. You nod in agreement, but something still nags at you. How about the light track that we were supposed to be following? Whatever it is, Commander, it has no meaning for us now. There is nothing left. We came too late, Flupdo says. We can't know for sure. Unless we investigate, the light must have meant something. This must be the work of the evil power master after all, and there may be survivors. One thing we do know, Commander, those people who issued the SOS still need our help. What is our next step? So Simon, it's gone back to this decision. You could decide to get out of your ship and search for survivors on the planet, or you could decide to leave Fulop and search for those who sent the SOS. Flipto's such a bore, isn't he? Otherwise, he's my mate. Oh, such a bore off, Flipto. He, uh, I think he's got alternative motives. I think he knows who sent the SOS, and he just wants to hook up with them or something. I, I don't know. Is it like a, a grinder alternative for space? <laughs> SOS. SOS, eh? i got an SOS you. Within 10 metres. <laughs> Um, wow. Do you know what? I have a feeling, because it's a worn, torn place, and it's all smouldering, it's all hot, I have a feeling if we get out this craft, we might just evaporate. And um, I know that in my brain there could be survivors, but it seems like there's a lot of trouble going on there. And if we've definitely got an SOS, that means there are people to be saved. So I've done my bit. I've gone down to this planet. It looks hot and nasty. So... Frigate, let's go and see the SOS. Why not? Gosh. Yeah, all right. Look, I haven't turned the page yet, as you can see. Uh, the, the listeners can't see because that would be weird because it's a podcast. But I haven't turned the page yet. But uh, just as um, what they call devil's advocate, what if the SOS is a trap? I'm just oh, saying. I thought of that. No, you're right, actually. It's a bit obvious, yeah. isn't it? You've just changed my mind. <laughs> no, I, I'm not doing it for any reason because I have not turned the page. You, you have no, it's true. I mean, a devil's avocado is a devil's avocado. I, yeah. I'm going to stick to my guns. So you can bore off Flipto, um, and you can get rid of your grinder profile. I am going to go outside. Don't stop me. All right. Well, okay. So you're going to decide to get out of the spaceship and look around this war-torn planet. Because I just something in the back of my mind says that that SOS could be a a trap. I don't know. Yeah. Now now you've put that in my head, and I know you're not allowed to. You've got to, you know, play the play the the medium. Mm. That's Mm. my word. Uh, But no, no. I've, I've gone this far. And if it's wrong, if it's a wrong choice, I will take some responsibility. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and I'm desperate to meet Colin. Do not get that, okay? Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Let's see what happens. Come on. 
Let's see what really happened here. Follow me. You command the others. You leave the protection of your ship. Hours later, after you have searched through the devastated city, the only living creature you come across is an aged farmer, who I think has the voice of your old man. He is an exile from another colony, condemned for a forgotten crime. He was sent to work the grain fields on Fulop for life. Oh, so it's like a place you go if you're a prisoner or a criminal. Australia. <laughs> yes. Oh, you should be Australian then, right? Yeah, yeah, okay, let's go for it. Which part should we go? Let's go for Brisbane. I love, it. In there. I love it that you uh, are saying that I've got the accent capability of doing specific Australian regions. I've heard you. You can do anything. Come on, Carl. <laughs> Come on. Oh, an aged Australian farmer. Okay, the farmer tells you that he was indeed in the forces of the evil power master who struck. Here we go. Don't trust them ever. They'll use anything they can to win. Here they use fire, for example, to destroy. That's not a bad accent, actually, to be fair. I, I, it's very good. It's very good. It's like Madge Bishop on crack. <laughs> Can you uh, be a bit more gruff? Let's get, get more Madge. Oh, yeah, should we? Okay, okay. Um, what does the evil power master want and why? The old man looks at you grimly and speaks. Come on now. That's easy enough. Power. Raw power. You're too late. He's gone. You'll never defeat him. Wow. So... Ma- the old farmer Madge doesn't she, she's just like it's all over I mean what you can't do anything Simon do you believe him? so I've got boring boring fluptail I've got you know party pooper Colin god I'm surrounded by rat nerds aren't I? this is supposed to be space fun yeah alright I don't believe him come on fluptail get your kick your boring ass up this way you say goodbye to the farmer return to base headquarters and report in there is a message waiting from you from the evil power master. It reads, Foolish human. You think you can deal with me? Then try. I challenge you to a duel. Meet me in the Stadium of Axum at noon tomorrow. The evil power master. Uh, you don't have a choice here, Simon. The, conti- the story continues. You are going to go for this duel. The thing is, that's the whole point of the story, isn't it? I was meant to meet this person. I found this person. We've made the right decision. Hopefully. Okay. Okay. Remember, between me and you, we have made some interesting choices. Here we go. (laughs) You have to agree to the challenge. This wanton destruction must stop. The next day finds you at the stadium. The evil power master has broadcast the news of the duel and crowds overflow the stadium. You you arrive not full of hope, but feel that you are a sacrifice to evil. In the centre of the stadium, clad in the clothes of the simplest peasant, stands the evil power master. He is unarmed. He looks at you coolly, then throws his arms up into the sky. A horrible laugh spreads through the air. Fools! I'm too much for you! With a clap of thunder and a cloud of dust, the evil power master disappears. You stand alone in the centre of the stadium. You are relieved to be alive, but angry. This seeming cowardice has robbed you of the chance to do battle. Next time, you think. Next time. The end. At least I got there. It didn't even kill me! What a... What a... Oh, I could have gone off in a, in a, a, a tower of, you know, I could have been turned into a pillar of salt at least. 
P- pillar of fishiness. <laughs> I could have been turned into a scampy fry. Oh. oh. Well, you're, you're very chilled out about that ending. I think it's a bit of an anticlimax. It is a bit of an anticlimax. You know, mm. uh, I didn't... Uh, I could have duelled. I've got fisty cuffs. You know, we could have had a hand, a hand-to-hand combat or something at least, instead of a, mm. you know, a clap of thunder and a clap of something else and some mm. evil laugh, and then he's gone. Yeah. Oh, I mean, well, yeah. At least you didn't die. The thing that I'm sad about is we didn't get to actually meet Colin. I thought we did meet Colin, didn't we? When was it the gardener? No, the the farmer was just an old farmer who had been sent there to do life imprisonment doing the grain fields. He wasn't Colin. Um, oh. Oh, that's a shame, isn't it? Mm. Next time. Next time. Colin was your cousin who you knew lived on Fulop and worked on Fulop. But yeah, he wasn't the prisoner. Oh, well, where did that go wrong then? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I can't, I can't, we can't go back. That's not the rules. We'll, we'll never know. We'll never know what Colin had to say for himself. If you, if you were to meet Colin, how do you think he would have been? He's your cousin, cousin after all. Uh, I mean, my, my mother's brother... Um, he's an octopus, so you would have had eight legs. And That's just taking been... the piss. I've only got one. <laughs> oh, I don't know. It would have been it would have been marvelous to have a reunion. Can we just go back just for a bit of fun? Not that we're going to do the story again, but can we see whether or not the SOS was a trap? Damn, let's do that. Yes, because why not? We, we've got, well, we can. It's my podcast. I can do it once. Okay, here we go. <laughs> So this is you. You are on the planet of Fulop, and instead of getting out your ship, you are going to go to the SOS. Shall we do that? Yes, please. Okay. Okay, Flipdo, we're answering the SOS. There just isn't much we can do here. With heavy hearts, you turn from the Fulop colony and leave this once lonely place. On the track of the SOS, the senders might have a clue to what happened on Fulop. Nearing transmission zone to the SOS, Commander. Hover or go in, asks Flipdo hours later. We'll go in, you say. Prepare the ship for landing. Observe all emergency procedures for hostile action. Lock and load stun equipment. The landing goes smoothly, and you, Flipto, and the droid you brought, you go down to the planet. The droid performs a rapid computer search for the immediate area. Nothing. The direction finder points to the last known transmission site of the SOS. It leads towards an almost impenetrable jungle. Flipto says, Commander, I'm uncomfortable. Something is not quite right. You look questioningly at the droid. Its sensors indicate life force in the area, but none of you sees a living creature. There must be a short circuit somewhere, you say. The droid never has a chance to respond. There is a thundering, overwhelming snapping of a giant jaws. You realise that your ship landed on top of an enormous creature. The grinning beast swallows the three of you in one gulp. The... End. Oh, at least that lasted another ten minutes. <laughs> and then you got eaten. Oh my gosh! Well, we made the right decision. See, never save people. Save your own soul. You can all get lost. The moral of but... life, boys and girls. Remember that every eight-year-old should learn that. It's all—it's all for one and one for me. Wow. But. <laughs> But weighing it up, okay, so you decided not to go to the SOS and you had quite a boring ending. 
So, but you did survive. Mm. Or on the flip side, you went to the SOS and you got eaten by a giant creature, which wasn't really described more than it was just huge. Uh, which is the better ending, survival and boring, or death and finishing? Oh, I don't know. I think death and finishing, because I've survived, and it's going to be boring, because I've got bloody boring Flipto with me as well. He's going to bore me to death, so I'd rather just finish it. I would have gone, yeah, SOS, come on. That's why we shouldn't go to Mars, people. We just don't know. We just don't know. I'd love Elon Musk to go to Mars and get eaten by a giant snail or whatever's up there. Fabulous, imagine. Simon, thank you for joining me. That was a lot of fun. I uh, It was a nice bit of reminiscence too. So, yeah, thank you. you. Did you enjoy your voyage? I did. Thank you so much for inviting me on. And it's great to hang out with you again. Thank you so much. It's been marvellous. But do you watch Come Down With It before in a bed? Oh, yes. Tell us. Yes, if people want to uh, find out a bit more about you, but also the wonderful projects that you are involved, tell us a bit about them and where they can maybe uh, entertain their eyes for a little bit with those things. Well, I mean, Little Project History used to be a presenter on CBBC and then threw that mm. all in and then thought I'd go into the dark side. And so then I'm working in production. So basically, my job is I'm a producer and a director and um, I basically make Come Dine With Me and Four in a Bed, everyone's favourite hangover cures. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, is good is fun. That, it is a fun programme. It's fun to make, is it? It is, it's great. Basically, it's a giant improvisation. So, like, the week before, you have to kind of, like, meet everyone and get an idea of story and get an idea all their, um, what's the word, all their sort of you know, funny moments that they can talk around the table. But until someone opens their mouth, you don't know what anyone's going to say. So, you've just got to go with the flow. So, it's just it's just one giant improvisation. But the, the saving grace is the format. So, you know, once you've done this, you go on to that. So, it's not just a giant throw something at the wall and see if it sticks. If it doesn't stick, we're like, okay, we'll finish that, and now let's go and talk in the kitchen. Or now we'll go on to main course, and now we'll do some shit entertainment with a balloon and pop it with our tits. I don't know, something like that. <laughs> I love that improv game. Titty balloon. <laughs> I love it when, uh, I don't know if anyone, uh, not everyone out there will see it. Do look up Come Dime With Me, because I just love it when some people, uh, they have to do some entertainment for their guests, and they'll just have some novelty hats. And then another group will have like a full-on samba band or an Elvis impersonator or something in their in their spare room. It's it's, it's uh, everything or nothing with some of these people. Well, this is it. I mean, we as a team cannot buy anything or organise anything for these people, so it's down to them to do it. You know, so if they if they want a samba band, they've got to get into. It. But it's also the entertainment's got to have something to do with them. So you can't get a samba band in just because you know because it looks good you've got to have some sort of link to samba well both shows are really entertaining like you said a good hangover cure good uh don't want to get up too much on a sunday or what it's really really fun television and usually there's five episodes back to back somewhere so it's like two and a half hours of your life you can just enjoy um simon the last thing we can do on the podcast i think we can uh, just get out of this story if you are now stood in that arena back uh, waiting for the evil power master he's gone but you've got this massive crowd of people you've survived how are you going to entertain the masses i'd do my best shirley bassey i am what i am or something like that and then get your old man out and then get my old man out i do a helicopter i'll take my trousers down do the helicopter hopefully i'll take off and fly away into the infinity <laughs> and fructo can stay down there boring twats Voyage of the Page Turner featured the books of author R.A. Montgomery, hosted by Colin Lego, featuring special guest Simon Grant, 
Voiceover by Samuel Thomas. Produced by Colin Lego. Special thanks to Ant McGinley. Remember, you could find us on Instagram and Twitter at Page Turner Show. Find us, message us, like us. Until we meet next time, remember, choose wisely.